Hello, film elves. I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Welcome to my podcast where I dissect movies with fellow film enthusiasts and discuss why we love the medium as much as we do. Happy December and Merry Christmas, one and all. We are now in the Christmas stage of Hollow Thanksmas, discussing holiday cheer and how it's captured on film. And for the first time ever on this podcast, we have Noah Holloway from Paragoya Illusions, to talk about the 2003 Will Ferrell instant classic Christmas film, Elf. We have made it through Halloween. We have scourged ourselves in the Thanksgiving tradition, and we are now here, fully in the Christmas season here at Orion Valley Productions. And this is what you guys have been waiting for. I know that when we announced holiday movies, you were waiting for the Christmas section. And who better to start this section with than someone that, for some reason, has never been on this podcast before. <laughs> Noah Holloway, Paraguay Illusions himself, is here to talk about Elf. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to start December with probably the best Christmas film to exist, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> well, what a... <laughs> Coming out the gate with a bold claim. Wow. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we're talking about Elf. Yes. Okay. I, I think that this is probably one of the most viewed movies of the past, of this century, I think. Um, it's one that our, I think it's really special to our generation um, growing up because it came out t- 2003. Yeah. Uh, and I think most of us were probably old enough or, you know, to remember going to see it in the theater the first time we saw it. Uh, I definitely remember my first viewing experience very well. I remember seeing it in theaters that first weekend with my whole family, my mom, my brother, my stepdad, and my grandparents. Um, We knew it was going to be, it was a big deal. It was Will Ferrell's very first um, post-SNL movie. And it was a Christmas movie. So it was coming out around, you know, a little after Thanksgiving time. And uh, I think that to call this movie an instant holiday classic is an understatement. I, and I mean like right off the bat, right out of the gate in the box office. It was a huge hit and w- we haven't stopped watching it. We haven't. And like, I don't know why for some reason I years ago remember getting this movie like on YouTube and I was like, oh, cool. Like I had something from Google. Like they're like, here's a bunch of movies you can pick for free. And Elf was one of them. I was like, you know what? I'm going Elf. And I have watched it like every year just to like keep tradition going. I was like, yes, I love Elf so much because a lot of it, like me personally, I love New York City. So when I watch this movie, I always do all the shit that he did like in the movie. Like I don't need the gum off of the side of the rail. I don't do that. I'm not that stupid. But I hop on like the the bars and the crosswalk. I do the long stretch on the escalator. I like jump in the elevators. I like do the spinning the revolver doors, all that stuff. And it's just... It, it, like, I never went, and then I went, like, the year after this movie came out when I saw it, and I was just like, oh, it's just, like, the movie, like, there's the tree, <gasps> that's where they shot that once, and, like, I was just so happy, I was like, I'm Elf right now in New York City, so it just made me super ecstatic just to, like, be in kind of a time capsule in a sense, like, in this movie, like, obviously, like, it's gonna, as time grows like it's going to be different but like 
just the fact that, like I feel like I'm Elf right now experienced New York <laughs> City for the first time as a child it was amazing <laughs> that is so cute I fucking love that I can't <laughs> I, I will not lie. Definitely the first time I went to New York City, which was a few years after this, I definitely did some of those things too. <laughs> Seeing Rockefeller Center where they ice skate. Um, and it, it, there's really nothing like New York City in Chris, like around Christmas time uh, uh, yeah. with the snow. And, it, and it, uh, especially like seeing the tree lit up and seeing uh, everyone ice skating around and the Empire State Building at night. You know, it, this is a great New York movie. It captures the location um, really, really well. Um, I want to know, like, did you see this movie in theaters or did you um, I, see it? Ah, God, first time I saw it. So I'm try- I believe I saw it in theaters. I think it was with my parents and my sister. And we just watched it and just like, obviously, like I didn't get it. I was like in a movie theater. So I was like, oh, this is fun. But I think they played it like on ABC, like when it came out on like DV or whatever, they like put it on like the 24 days of Christmas. And that was one of the days they played Elf. And I would watch that like in like my kitchen. And it was just like, oh, like I, every time I watch, I like catch new stuff or I like understand a joke that I didn't when I was younger. So it was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like watching it each time is like a new experience. It's same movie, same plot, but something new was learned and I loved it. So it was just mm-hmm. constantly like, it always keeps me going. It keeps me like excited for Christmas. Like this is one thing I look forward to. Like I can watch any time, but like watching it during Christmas is like something special about it. Yeah, it's one that I think, you know, everyone knows the jokes. Everyone knows the character. It's like, you know, one of Will Ferrell's probably most iconic characters um and we'll probably we'll get into why we'll get into him in a little bit but um i I just want to do a quick some quick specs on the movie okay um so it was uh it was released in uh 2003 Mm -hmm. uh distributed by new line had a budget of 33 million dollars and made at the box office 221 million dollars so wow a big big hit (laughs) holy Uh, shit directed by the great john favreau john favreau Um, who has made an incredible, you know, uh, directing record. career out of himself. You know, Elf, Zathura, Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, uh, The Jungle Book. Uh, it's just a really, you know, great presence in Hollywood. And um, obviously as happy in most of the, uh, in some of the MCU movies. Uh, it stars Will Ferrell in his first post-SNL uh, movie and it is about uh, an elf named buddy who realizes that he is a human and uh, goes on a trip to new york city to meet his biological father played by um the great uh amazing james con who we will get to uh, also <laughs> a little bit later great cast will ferrell james con zoe de chanel mary steenberger bob newhart and ed asner um and i think it's one of those that why did this one do you think grab people like so quickly because i mean like it was instantly like this is something that we're going to be watching for years to come like the first time you watch it just i mean i think it's because it like you have like the the appeal of christmas for kids and will ferrell's kind of um man child is very <laughs> accessible but also it there's some good jokes for adults too like there are some yes. jokes that like really fly under the radar when you're young um and uh but it it has a lot of heart to it i i i, uh, I think and what why do you think it like grab people so quickly i just think it's like it's it's got the best of both worlds shout out to hannah montana um it <laughs> it literally has like like for kids, like you can watch it and be like just inspired and like in awe from like, you know, the fact that it's Santa and like that there's all these lights and there's an elf and like 
you can see the North Pole and like all these like also I want to talk about the animation part like the little clay like 2D stop motion stuff later but like mm-hmm. how that was part of it and how they still for adults could watch it and have their own sense of jokes as well as just like maybe I should do this for my kid instead like try to figure out a way to like make it more exciting to make Christmas like you know like a more exciting thing for them because I remember watching it I watched it literally last night before the podcast just to like refresh my mind even though I've seen it like every year but I literally caught a joke that I didn't catch the entire time. We we're talking about like, um, cause, uh, the dad is like a storybook writer. So they're like, what about one where it's like asparagus? And he's like conscious about how his pee smells. And I like never caught that until like just last night. And I was like, Oh my God, I get that joke now. Like adults would get that. And I would be like, why is, why is I don't get the joke? It's just asparagus. But like, and the one about like getting something, getting that uh, gift for that someone special where they have like the lingerie stuff. Like I saw that as a kid, I was like, ha, bra. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's not what they meant by that. They meant like (laughs) sauce it up on your Christmas night. But like, (laughs) it's just, I, everything about this movie is just like, Will Ferrell is like so likable. Like as a person, as like by himself, like you don't have to act. You can say the name Will Ferrell, you get immediately happy and cheery, and just, like, you can laugh when you say his name, which I think is a good thing, because, like, you think of Kicking and Screaming, where he's just, like, a really crazy soccer dad, or, like, Zoolander, when he's, like, the bad guy, the the bad guy, I don't know, but, like, Mm -hmm. every time you see him and his name, you know it's going to follow, like, comedy, and, like, some actors, like, that you have in that, like, comedic thing, like, can't like try to jump ship and like be more serious like adam sandler did in uncut gems like it's hard to like take him seriously after having like his previous like uh i guess records of like what he's done for like comedy stuff so like seeing that he's just came from snl and like having all these like comedic stuff like it's good to see that he's still got it in his like catalog i just i just love how He's just so happy. He's just, I just, mm-hmm. mainly I just love Will Ferrell, ha- how he is the person. He fits this role perfectly. I couldn't see anyone else playing it. Yeah, Will Ferrell, I think, is one of, if not the best comedy star that we've had in the past, uh, uh, this century, honestly. I think he's in the top five, maybe even top three um, up there because, I mean, he does, his SNL run is legendary and with like, you know, so many memorable characters and just already that cast was so good and for him to like still be the standout um, and, you know, then does old school and Zoolander while at SNL and <laughs> very different parts, you know, old school, you know, he's Frank the Tank. He's, you know, this crazy batshit <laughs> frat guy in his 30s and then Zoolander is a much more small part. Um, yeah, but is a he's got the crazy haircut He's got that shirt from Drake J. Crew. He's just all <laughs> over the place. And he's only in like a few scenes and he's so funny yeah. in that movie. And then doing this, this this kind of was the one to really prove that he was a leading man. Yeah. And and not only that, he's bankable to everybody. So like his he doesn't have to be doing like Frank the Tank, the scene in old school where he's streaking down the street is hilarious, but it's like you never expected them to be able to translate that same energy and charisma in, in some ways to children. And <laughs> they did it so well with a with an original story. Yeah. That's one thing. Which I is give super rare fun. nowadays. Yes. Uh, original Christmas movie that didn't get made on Hallmark was a big 
budget movie. Fuck Hallmark. New line. <laughs> and there's really no other star that's like Will Ferrell, I think. The fact that um, he's able, he has such wide range in that he is, he's great at physical comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, he's great at, you know, idiosyncratic characters. He's obviously embraced the man-child persona. Yeah. But he's also really smart and... Yeah, like you said, just extremely likable. He has like dad-like qualities. I mean, obviously more now that he's older, but he well, yeah. still he still has it, you know. And I think that he's he's so like he, even like if you don't like like some of his movies, they've kind of gone off the rails in the past like maybe five years or so. He's still got it. Like he's still he's, has oh yeah, he's energy. definitely still got it. Like I feel like and, if anyone could replace him in this movie, who do you who do you think replace like if? Will Ferrell wasn't in Elf. Who do you think could still do that movie justice? In a well, sense? I'm glad you asked that, Noah. <laughs> because I, in my in my research, I realized that they wrote this script. the The writer, David um, Barenbaum, initially wrote the script in 1993 with Jim Carrey. Dude, I'm not even shitting you. I literally was thinking like I feel like Jim Carrey could replace Elf, like could be Elf in this, and that's now, crazy. <laughs> here's the thing. So I, I need to put this in a little bit of perspective, though. Okay. So 19, 1993, right? This is the year. This is Jim Carrey's big year, right? Mm-hmm. 93, he does Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura all in the same year, and that's like the biggest year for any comedy star ever. And I love Jim Carrey. He was a hero of mine when I was a kid. Um, I think that era would have been would have been good because he was young, mm-hmm. young enough to like you know have the same kind of complexion. Um, but he's too he's too crazy. Like Will Ferrell's a child at heart, mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey, I think not. I mean, I wouldn't say he's not a child at heart, but he's much more of the physical. There would have been a lot more impersonations, probably. Yeah, and a lot more. Uh, I think the I, I don't know if the love story would have meshed as well. Um, cause that's the other thing about Farrell is that he is really good at mixing the lovey dovey stuff and the craziness. Yeah. And so when you see Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell in this movie, ice skating and like being cute together or whatever, it, you know, it, it is, it, it's a good transition. Whereas I feel like Jim Carrey would have to step out of the craziness to tap into that a little bit. And like, I, I feel like that's the thing. I love Jim Carrey, but some of the time, some of the times I think he's, um, it's like, the crazy stuff and then the serious stuff and there's not a like a gray or you can mesh it together not as much as feral i Mm -hmm. think um and i i still i still like probably like jim carrey a little bit more but um will feral i think this is kind of one of the best of both worlds for or just the the greatest hits of everything with will feral and with christmas movies um in general because of how um, like you said, it, met, it has the stop motion stuff, so it gives you, you know, kind of the memories of the Rudolph and Santa Claus coming to town, like all those yep, old classic cartoons. Stuff, yep. um, the music is very holiday esque. It's very um, simple. It's very simple too, but it's still mm-hmm. like catchy as hell. Like yeah, sometimes I'll like hum it randomly, like driving somewhere. I'm like oh, elf. <laughs> yeah, it's cat. Yeah, it's catchy. Um, and it's got you know a lot of notice, like a lot of recognizable actors in it. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to kind of get into you know my personal relationship with the movie because it has changed a lot over the years and Go it's mainly it. because it's mainly my own fault. But <laughs> um, this was one of the few movies I remember my grandparents had at their house, and I would spend a lot of time after school at their house because they lived right down the street mm-hmm. from middle from my middle school and my high school. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was younger, I, I after like you know when I was in like third or fourth grade. 
I would stay there and my, my mom would come and like pick me up after work. And I remember I would watch that and like do the bonus features and play the games that the DVDs <laughs> had. Um, and then this became like the number one uh, teacher movie that you would watch in class when your, <laughs> prof- you know, your teachers don't want to like give they're you just, anything to do. They're hungover from the night before from drinking too much like spiked eggnog. Like here, yeah. just watch out. It's, it's the, yeah, it's the day before break. They're like, I'm not grading shit. Here, you're <laughs> going to watch this. <laughs> All right. And I had a teacher. I, I remember my senior year in my AP lit class. I remember we, uh, my professor gave out like this little, um, like kind of word scramble thing for Christmas that we were going to do as like a competition, like a class thing. And she goes, I wanted to give you this because it's like, you know, how many times can you watch the first 40 minutes of Elf before you go crazy? And I was like, <laughs> I relate because at this point in my life, I kind of made a vow in the past few years to not watch this movie for maybe another 10 years or so only because I have exhausted myself from watching it over and over and over again, that the whole movie from start to finish is ingrained in my mind. You know, it like just like the whole script. Yeah, (laughs) literally the entire thing. And the fact that, and when I watch it, like it's, I'm just numb to the experience now. And I, and I don't want that from a movie. So I kind of have to like build up an endurance to it again. But again, the, the movie that I don't want to reflect it on necessarily the whole movie is itself because the movie itself is still good. Like there's nothing bad about it. Yeah, It's just that, I am so still tired of it and I just need a break. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I you ever you do would. that with a movie? Oh, it's yeah. like sometimes when you watch this kid, like especially in, in the sense that it's a Christmas movie, it already automatically has a ritual, like ritualistic viewing experience attributed to it where it's like, we're going to watch this every year. Whereas if you're a kid and you watch something over and over and over again, naturally you're probably going to grow out of it. And then a few years later you return to it and you'd be like, Oh, this is cool. Like I remember watching this as yeah. a kid. It literally that's what elf. i feel yeah. whenever i watch elf like i haven't like i'll watch it i'll watch it stop come back it's like but like it's like with like anything though like anything besides like movies like it's just like tv stuff you do it's like you do it so much you like kind of get old leave it alone come back and visit it but like mm. it's god i love elf so much so i bet you were so <laughs> i bet you were so thrilled when i was like we're gonna watch elf you're like oh great here comes my repressed childhood memories again oh <laughs> I'll do it for Noah. Oh, I'll do no. it for the uh, <laughs> for the craft. Um, but no, like I said, there's nothing. It, it, the quality of the movie is still like it is still a really good movie. Yeah. Um, and I give it major props for everything that it didn't accomplished. Um, it's just like I I need a, I need I'm still taking a break <laughs> from it. You know, I'm still I'm still in rehab from it. It's like, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> All right. Um, let's. I, I want to ask you just about holiday movies in general, uh, because oh, like boy. you know, that's what we're all here to talk about. And Christmas is the pinnacle yes. of holiday movies. There's like 80 million of them. We got some good ones coming up for um, for this series here. Oh, um, yeah. And it, it, like we mentioned, there's the Hallmark movies. There's um, even like TV classics or TV specials. Like there's whole every streaming service has collections of television episodes yeah. that are all centered around Christmas. Um, I want to know what your relationship to the holiday Christmas is and what it uh how do holiday movies add to your yearly experience so Christmas to me um I feel like it's kind of like I mean I'm gonna kind of kind of real here which is like rare for me um but you know <laughs> as like I've gotten older I just like noticed like you know it doesn't have the same spark like it used to when I was younger and it sucks because I still wish I had like that excitement to like go to bed like even though like I know like 
the truth about it. Like, I don't want to like, I hate that I don't have um that same excitement. Like, oh, I'm waking up like, oh, like we're going to see this, that. We're going to watch this stuff. Like, I just wake up as like, oh, it's the 25th of December. Let's let's open some gifts and then we'll go about my day. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have that like excitement. I miss that. And I really hope that like this year, like I can make it like more special with all that's going on like in the world i feel like this one's gonna maybe like be more significant than others have been in the past but like as a younger kid i what me and my sister would always have like these plans and stuff like we're gonna catch santa like we're gonna do all this stuff and that stuff like we would wait we wouldn't go to sleep till two in the morning and like would never would like (laughs) we would just like stay in each other's room like we'll be like by my like wall that's like close to where we put the christmas tree and i would listen and I'd hear footsteps. And I'd be like, oh, I hear something. We'd go out and we're like, there's nothing here. But there's all, but all of a sudden we go out and we see all the presents. Your house like, is haunted, Noah. But, I mean, maybe it could be. <laughs> but like we would go out and we'd see like all these presents. We're like, we heard a footstep, but there's no one here. We just were out here like two minutes ago and there's nothing. Now there's presents. We're like, what happened? So we would go back to sleep, wake up. And then there's even more. We're like, did you make a second trip? Like it would always keep us like intrigued. <laughs> And it's like, it's not even like with like crit, like with every holiday, my sister is like, as a kid, she was like a liar, but like the like, oh, I saw this. Like one day for Easter, she like looked outside saying, oh, I saw the Easter bunny. And I was like, where? She's like, oh, he's over there. Clearly didn't see him, but was making it up saying that she did. So that's the same thing with us with Christmas. She'd be like, oh, I saw Santa eating cookies. Like you didn't get me. Like what the heck? Like I want to see him too. And like, I would this together. Damn it. Yeah. I would like write the letters to Santa. I would like do all the, like the stuff that like they show like in like those early, like 2000 movies, like, oh, do this for Santa, do that. Like I would do it all. And it was a fun time. And now like I'm older, like I still have like a little bit like, oh yeah, here you go. But like I said, like earlier, it's just like, it's not as special in a sense is like when i was younger i think christmas is appealed more obviously to like kids because it's like you can sell this whole like idea and this whole like you know like great uh way to keep kids like active and like be more like better and nicer so they can get more stuff for like christmas and all that but like knowing like the truth keep them in line really yeah keep them it was like hey listen it's december (laughs) Don't act up or I'm going to call Santa and he's going to like put you on the list and then they'd freak yeah, he's out. He's going to kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. He'd be so, <laughs> like he'd come by and just like whack you in the head with coal, like instead of leaving it at your doorstep. Like he gets like, it's all, it's cute too. Cause like when I have kids now, I'm going to do the same shit, but I'm going to do like my own little fucked up version of it. Cause I'm yeah. gonna be like, all right. So Santa's not coming this year. Cause you got an F in your uh, project. And also Santa's broke. Uh, the factory yeah. went bankrupt. <laughs> But like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, you're a little bitch. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is, um, it is like I still love it. I think it's like the mm-hmm. one of the few holidays that like I. It's nice to like spend with like my family and like with Thanksgiving. It's like you got all these family members, all these friends together, and then you got like Halloween, which is like kind of. I don't know if you like a no one. I don't know who does that with their family. Like that's kind of no. Different. That's a friend centric. That's like a friend. Yeah, holiday, yeah. But Christmas is like one of the few where it's like you can have your whole family you can have two people as long as you have someone to spend it with though it may the day is made like i think at the end of the, at the end of the day like as long as you celebrated it with someone and had a good time whether you got a lot of stuff or like nothing at all like as long as you spend it with someone like you care about and love like i think that's like 
the whole thing. Like that's that's the underlying message of Christmas, like as a whole. And mm-hmm. like kids, there's more because there's like they're so young, they're like, experiencing like life, like what's there to offer. So like they're in it for like the toy aspect of it, but they're still like not understanding. Like oh, all of my parents got this for me, like. But they don't know it, so they think that Santa's mm-hmm. real. But like, once you realize that it's their parents, it's just like <gasps> my parents went through such like lengths just to get this stuff, and like, it's 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 heartwarming to say the least. But my oh, yeah, conspiracy theory about Christmas is that it was made by <laughs> Disney. But that's just another thing. <laughs> I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think they've uh, come out right and said that you know Bobby Iggs is out. Disney has Santa, created he, Christmas. Yeah, it's just to sell um, more Mickey's. <laughs> uh yeah I, I agree that it's one of the uh it is more centered around like childhood wonderment i think that you know i was much more like christmas was my favorite holiday for a very long time um and i still do love the time like putting the tree up and you know all the decorations and all that um i i just like halloween more because i've sustained the um the feeling of it since i was a kid the where i direct that energy has changed but the energy of loving halloween and why is still there I um, personally hate Halloween because I'm a scared bitch, so <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't do Halloween <laughs> episodes with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right that I think that, um, you know, just the idea of Santa itself is too. My, my parents always taught me it's like, you know, there is a Santa kind of within all of us and trying to just teach you about like the um, the idea of giving back yeah. and, you know, being there for others. Um, and I, I think that, you know, that while the holiday itself has obviously been, you know, extremely commercialized and that pressure to get someone something, you know, the materialism behind it, like gives me like is makes me anxious because it's yeah. like, oh, I got to get the right thing. And I gotta it, get yeah, so many it's, things. it's so it's, much uh, more like nerve wracking. We're like now, like as a kid, it was like, yeah, I want this, this, this. And like you're you're very as a child, it's very simplistic. So it's like, you know what you want. And your parents yeah. like, OK, I know exactly what you want. But like as an adult, like our age, it's like. Just like, cause I could say I want this, but you give me the wrong one. Like I didn't think it looked that good, so they just give you money. It's just like here, you buy mm-hmm. it yourself. So it's like, yeah. I feel like even though like you're still buying stuff for like your kids or like younger kids, it's just like you buying it personally and having them think it's Santa. They're like, oh, Santa like kept notice, whereas like. That it keeps the like the dream alive, like oh he's real, like he listened to me, like he got my letters and all that. When in reality it's not, but like I don't know. I think just being older is just like you got to grow up. But like an elf, uh, buddy doesn't really. He grows up, but he's still the same warm, happy, less type of guy like from the beginning of the movie. So like it's cool to see mm-hmm. that like you can be like. Everyone should be like Buddy. Like you still gotta have that child inside you, just laughing and have fun. But you gotta learn to like sometimes wake up a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that and that's one of the themes of the movie that we'll delve deeper into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of your feelings on the holiday itself, I think that everyone can say that like holiday movies are a staple. And I think that um, you know some of my personal favorites include like you know I love Home Alone. I love um christmas uh vacation i love the i love the jim carrey grinch even though it's not like i mean the movie it's always not great but like it's a very quotable movie in our household so it's very funny look fabulous (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's because i'm green isn't it (laughs) 
that's a great joke didn't get that as a kid <laughs> um but i you know there's so much because it i think it's so easy to capture the christmas spirit on yeah. film like oh, of yeah. all the holidays that we've talked about i think that christmas does it the easiest you know i it's mo- and plus most holiday movies around christmas time follow a similar pattern. They all yes. have a formula. The and Elf is no exception. If you watch this movie, yes, it's very creative and an original story, but there are some like pretty um standard holiday movie beats. Yeah, particularly the with classics. Like classics. Yeah, particularly style. with like James Kahn's character. He's kind of the, you know, like the, the Grinch-esque figure, <laughs> and you know, he's shutting out nuns and taking books but away. The from- children <laughs> love the books. <laughs> I quote that stuff all the time. There's so much stuff in that movie that I quote that Brian like never knew I quoted from this movie. And as he was watching, I was like, he's like, you say that all the time. I was like, yeah, it's from this movie. (laughs) But the children love the books. I love the next scene when they do something similar to that. And he's like, there's five pages missing. And it's like, well, I mean, what are you, (laughs) what are you going to do? I (laughs) bet if those five pages were not missing, they'd still be garbage. <laughs> uh all right. Well, I think we should just get into it. Are you let's, ready? You want to just do- Let's just as Phil DeFranco says, let's just jump into it. All right. Let's go to the critical breakdown. Yes. I want to just get out of the way and just say that I think that the idea that an orphan managed to crawl oh into my Santa's God. sack <laughs> in the middle of the night is one of those things where as a kid, you're like, like, I remember being a kid and be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. oh, yeah, totally, yeah. And I also knew it was like, I knew it was like, you know, unrealistic that it was obviously fiction, but I was like, okay, I, I can go. But like, as an adult, you're like, did like, was there like a police report on this? Like a baby <laughs> went missing for like 30 years. <laughs> also, I don't know who that baby was. That is the best baby actor I've ever seen in my life. That dude is crawling fast. Crawling, standing (laughs) up, looking around, like, turned at the exact moment. Like, oh, my God. Like, I want to hire that baby forever. Obviously, it's probably, like, what? Forever? I mean, it's probably, like, a 17-year-old kid now at this point because the movie's dumb old. Yeah, 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 I guess so. It's probably 17. Uh. So, if if you're listening to this kid who was the baby in Elf... Uh, show us your resume. I want you like in a film. <laughs> <laughs> that baby group to be Tom Holland. <laughs> um, but it's like you know he crawls in the Santa sack and then goes to goes to the North Pole. And uh, by the way, I gotta say, is there anyone else better to play Santa Claus than Ed Asner? Because I personally don't think so. I think he's perfect. Nah, I think he fits it just right. I would. I was thinking Tim Allen, but like, nah, Tim Allen's different. <laughs> the, Tim Hall, yeah, Tim Allen is like. I mean, yes, the Santa Claus that first movie is also a good like Christmas staple. Yeah, but like that, Tim Allen also has all this other baggage from being in other holiday movies that you're yeah. just like, oh, that's Tim Allen, and I mean, <laughs> also that's the whole s- story behind that movie is like it's just Tim Allen in a in a getup. Whereas, <laughs> it literally is. Whereas. Whereas Ed Asner has this very, you know, jolly quality. And they they got him at just, just this right time. Um, I think he was in his, uh, I think he's in his 70s in this movie. And he's mm. uh, 
still got a lot of good energy and he has like the perfect voice to it. He does. Too. I feel like as a Santa character, you have to have like a deep, like warm sound, but not sound like too like, like not evil, but like you don't want to sound like too deep where it's like you're the kids are like, are you really Santa or a demon? I don't know. So you want to have I, like, I love well. Yeah. He, like he oh uh, yeah i mean he has this like gen like he's very clearly a like a leader yeah but he has this like yeah very welcoming but like yeah when he says i don't know what it is but it's the line when he sees that the bag is moving oh yeah like, what in, what the, in name the name of, of sam hill is that yeah and there's something about the way he says that where i'm just like yeah um i, I also i think we should also just talk about um what what will ferrell is doing in this movie as a whole because i mean he is the show like you know he is he the is the selling point. point of this yeah 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 so i think that i think it was really smart to have him in this movie because you know it's right as he is his movie career is like really taking off i think mm -hmm. it takes off like even faster after this movie um no doubt and he has started to kind of drift a little bit off from the snl characters because if you watch like his characters on snl like obviously they're very crazy there's a lot of yelling going on but he also seems like he's in his late 20s here he seems a little bit more adult like like he like saying the look how i don't know how how adult like you can be as a man in an elf costume playing a child in new york city right <laughs> i don't know how i mean i mean i'm just saying i'm just saying his, I'm, I'm just saying his look you know no, what i mean I like you. he he looks like a little bit more aged and his he's he, his cheeks are a little bit bigger but like the fact that he they tapped into the fact that yes his persona and he's just well known for being that man child you know you know just boobish like character it fits in this kind of fish out of water story because that's really what this movie is it's you know it's it's like a road trip movie it's a fish out of water story it's a holiday movie it's a love story and it's a father son drama like there's there's so many things going on and he has to sell that he is like you believe that he came from the North Pole. Oh my God! Yeah, like you, you do believe that that is all that he has seen his entire life. And when you, I mean, and the movie captures it so well. When you first get to New York and you see that skyline for the very first time, you're just like, it's overwhelming. But it's it's like, it's like in a good on? way. It's like, yeah. oh my God! There's like 80 million different things for me to do right now. You know, and he, <laughs> he was able he's able to capture that so well. He's just like, cause like you can tell he's like so like struck by what's going on. Like from the first scene of him being in New York City, like you mentioned, like he's just on the side of the Lincoln Tunnel, just going, yeah. just like so like nervous. Like he's if he falls in, like he's gonna die. Like it's just like, oh god. But like he comes out and he sees everything and he gets a snow globe up and puts it to like the buildings. Like ah, oh, that's where I have to go. It's just like he's just basically like from what uh, Santa told him is just like. You got to follow that. It's just like, okay. So he's walking in and just like, yeah, it's like, it's like imagining like a kid first time at Toys R Us. It's like that. It's like, there's just toys everywhere. I don't even know mm -hmm. what to do. So you're like, you're going to be, you're going to be like so nervous. And like, as you like see through the movie, like you, you can see he like starts to understand how, I guess I would the real world i don't want to say it because like that because like it's only new york city but like i guess it's supposed to be the whole world in a sense but like how the real world world works not from the north pole it's a whole different scheme whole different like perspective of life because in the beginning of the movie he's running 
straight to, I think it was Gimbal's when that dude got kicked out of the Empire State Building, gets hit immediately by a, a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, oh, God. But then you see, like, later, like, in the middle, like, he almost gets hit again. Like, he's cashing on. He's like, oh, they don't stop. And then by the end, he just goes, he just, like, waits for the pass and walks. Like, he's, like, he, he's learning, like, how it works, like, as he's, like, yeah. going through this whole adventure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... The, the beginning, like the first act, I think is the slowest part of the movie. They kind of yeah. have to, there's a lot of setup and obviously every, every movie like character introductions, but the, the actual pacing of it is a little slow. It's a little like, you know, okay, we, we see L, we obviously see L was making the toys and that's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, and, and then he has to, you know, figure out that he's not doing a good job. <laughs> and then he sees Santa Slay and like, mm-hmm. um, I, I will say that the opening with Bob Newhart is really good because, you know, he, it's very, uh, it, there are sitcom rhythms in the, because obviously Bob Newhart from the Bob Newhart show and Newhart is an iconic, com- is a comedian, a comedy icon. And the fact that he's, you know, when he's just like, <laughs> you know, they used to, you know, they used to make shoes when the, while the old, the old cobbler sleeps, it's like lousy bum. I <laughs> love the references they made for elves too with like, uh, the Keebler elves. I didn't catch that the first time. Mm-hmm. Now it's the like, Oh wait, that's, that's the Keebler elves. Yeah, can make cookies <laughs> in a tree. Obviously, it's a little dangerous during the dry season, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um and and yeah, so like that that whole thing they got to set up the world and uh you know they have but that there's that great moment where um he learns that he's not an elf and he kind of goes through these thoughts of like. Oh, there were signs before. You know, it's like it's like, well, no shit. You're the only Oh, the it's the snowman says, "Of course you're not an elf. You're 6'3 and you've had a beard since you were 15." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even like the stuff where they're talking about like when he's like in the uh, workshop and the guy comes up to him and he's like, "All right, buddy, how many etch sketches you make?" He goes, "I made 85." And everyone just stops and goes, "85?" And then he goes, "Oh, sick. You're only 900 behind pace it was like and when you like obviously this is like just me going into like in depth for thinking that if they're making like how fast are these elves making this stuff because if they're if he's behind by 900 and it's probably like been an hour how fast are they like it's it's just it blows my mind like thinking like someone can make 900 something in an hour i think it's funny that they set up the north pole or the santa's workshop as like an office space you know it's not <laughs> it's not like your stand like you know we've seen it depicted before like in you know in uh uh what is it is it Ru- yeah rudolph yeah um you know with with hermes and they're going to sing but no it's like we have quotas to meet we have yeah, shit to do you it's know? Like, <laughs> like it still has that like real life part of it where it's like yeah you still elves still work just like you they have quotas to meet too yeah and but they're Instead of meeting around the water cooler, they're drinking eggnog and talking <laughs> in the corner. I know. Also, like, I just think that was like a weird, not like a, a not weird, like an interesting way to like represent the North Pole. Because like in every other Christmas movie, they talk about the North Pole. It's a huge, colorful, like bright red factory with conveyor belts and all that. And here it's just a small like they have house. one table. Yeah, they one, all do their work at one table. I know, and they're they're knocking out all this stuff. Though I'm like, where does the rest of this go? Like, it's it was a weird like as cheery and has like Christmassy as movie is. That was a weird point they didn't focus on. I don't know if it was just because of budget 
or just like they wanted to take a different route. But I just thought that was interesting. They didn't use the generic like giant red factory with like the candy cane, mm-hmm. like chimney smoke, all that stuff. Like they just took it like you're in an office. <laughs> I think that. Well, th- so this movie comes out in 2003. Yeah. And I think that this is right before the the digital revolution kind of kicks off because I think that um, like I always say that like one of the biggest jumps in filmmaking technology is from uh, Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 the Sam Raimi movies because I remember seeing Spider-Man 2 in theaters and realizing like everything about it was so different and even the way it was made like the yeah. ca- like I somehow knew that it was like a different camera because of how crisp it was and it was very clearly digital and the CGI was like so much better yeah um and I think that this is right before and the, I mean the budget's 33 million so it's a little bit on the lower side um so I would imagine and I mean it's a small part of the movie too so yeah I, just so I would just, imagine it's not like yeah so but I think that they wanted to try and do as many in-camera things as they possibly could um and the only cgi stuff that they have is the uh is some of the the stop motion stuff with yeah. the snowman and the which the, the i i, I like the, that yeah. i like that they added that again it was like a little not like a nod to rudolph but it was like they because they knew how popular that was so like let's just find a way to incorporate this into the movie because you know rudolph still probably a huge a huge christmas movie like you watch that over everything else huge christmas movie so like have that style of animation with some likable cute characters in an already like likable movie about christmas it's just another selling point i think it's funny that they do that and it makes it it's obviously this movie is very self-aware yeah and um you know, commenting on holiday movies from from the past and having Leon in those birds, like I, you know, he's running away and he's like, "Not out, not now, Arctic puffin," like, <laughs> <laughs> or like calling the snowman Leon. Yeah, like they give him a name in this movie. That <laughs> yeah, was it. Santa's just like, "Oh, Leon told me it's full of like crazy stuff." He's like, he doesn't know New York City. He's like, it's Leon. He hasn't left the North Pole at all. He's a snowman. He doesn't have any feet. Yeah. <laughs> But. And yeah, there's like, I, I don't know why I, I do find the part where Ed Asner is explaining, like giving certain rules to, um, to buddy about, yes. you know, the city and all that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's funny that like, obviously the gum thing comes back. I think I never got as a kid. I was like, what is he eating off the <laughs> rail? Like I didn't, and I knew I wasn't supposed to do that, but I was like, what is he doing? But then the, the whole thing about <laughs> there's like. 30 Ray's pizza. Oh, yeah. All claim to be original, but the real one's on 11th. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and if you see a sign that, that says Peep Show, that doesn't mean they're going <laughs> to like doesn't see mean you can go presents before early. Christmas. <laughs> uh, that was- it's jokes like that, too, that's like, I don't picture anyone after watching this movie being like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. as a kid, that's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, I'll just, it just kind of goes over your head. And you don't necessarily inquire further about it. Mm-hmm. But then later when you're an adult, you're like, oh, like that's kind of one of the best things about rewatching um, I love movies that. like this or just like um, like TV shows from our eras, like, you know, Spongebob and all those. It's like they did a real and even Pixar movies. They had did a really good job of sprinkling in some adult jokes. It was so were, the adults could just not have to sit through two hours of just like yeah. random like thing. So but like they were well crafted jokes because yeah. they um they weren't just out like, like, ha boobs, you know, like it was very much like, oh, you're going to get this. The kids aren't, 
but it's not going to be so far over their heads that they're not that they're going to ask you about it and you're going to be put in an awkward situation. They're going to move on. They're probably going to be laughing about some other joke that they heard beforehand. Yeah, and they're and not really going to notice it. Yeah, and probably miss it. And so now when you go back, you're like, "Fuck, that's good." Like, you know, like um, I just it is a very well timed like comedic like pace for the whole movie. I love that. I'm a I'm a huge comedy person. I love jokes. So when I hear like mm-hmm. a good lead lead up and just like delivery and punch it's it gets me on the floor every time absolutely um my my only other thing i wanted to ask is like did 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 no one ever tell like how does no one tell buddy that he's a human Uh, like i I mean to to this point like i I mean i can understand they want to wait till he's maybe a little old like when he's like a teenager maybe to like kind of break the news and give him but like he's He's thirty five. Well, <laughs> no like, one told him where. Where the hell is he gonna go? Where's he gonna? Where is he gonna? Like they, you tell this guy, this human who's been living his whole life thinking he's an elf, and then you're gonna tell him that he's not. Like that's like a whole, like a big reality, like check and like a bunch of like existential life questioning. It's like what am I really? So I think it was just better to like. He's already like this deep in. There's no point in telling him the truth now. Like basically he'll think we're telling him that the truth is a lie. So it's just like, go find your dad. Then you really understand what you are and it's not an elf. So I just think it was weird that the one was like, I mean, should we tell him? Like, and also like, why didn't Santa just bring him back to the orphanage? (laughs) Like you have to yeah, know, like yeah. Wait, that's the other thing. He couldn't have made one more trip back. Be like, uh, sh- and like shit. also, uh. like he didn't like. It definitely was on his last stop. He had to have known, like, he he has to go in his bag. He can't go in. Oh, there's a baby in here. I probably should bring this back. <laughs> like no, like there's no way. Like he's. I mean, maybe the bell. I don't know how, what it's like flying on a sleigh high high up elevated. With reindeer and like clouds, say so maybe you can't hear anything, but still like there's so many safety stuff with like what if the baby came out? What if the baby fell? Like what if he just like what if the baby got out at a different house and then someone's like, I didn't want a baby. Well, like, what's going on? Yeah, realistically speaking, that baby should be dead because <laughs> they were <laughs> that bitch flies high. And yeah, it's cold up there. They're in the middle of the night and like and I mean. I mean Santa could have easily just put it back in a basket and left a note, be like, oh, sorry, didn't mean to take, and put it back on the doorstep of the orphanage. I mean, people do that all the time. Like, oh, I mean, my God. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, That's you see true. the movies all the time. <laughs> just go and just, like, leave him at the doorstep. Now run. <laughs> like, ah. But it, Santa, you know, the lazy fuck is just like, I'm not going back out. I already took my shoes off. You maybe know? he's I'm like, in. free labor. Let's let's see how this works. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need more elves. You know, we've been on a we've been on <laughs> the, the fucking housing market's been pretty bad down up here. Oh so we my need to, god, economy's been shitty. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So anyway, um. But like, I, I also have to say, when he's going to like, he's on his journey to get to New York. I remember the raccoon scene as when I saw that in the theater was like one of the biggest like. <gasps> like moments that I've ever heard in a theater. People like were shook. Like, really? Which, well, they were. St- I were, probably weren't expecting it to jump on him. You know what I mean? I like, mean, yeah. But like, did you notice in that scene? There's a monkey sound. Oh yeah. Well, when the yeah when the raccoon like first shows up, he like makes a little like no like, no Bear. like when the raccoon attacks him, like you hear like him going oh no, oh, and you hear yeah, like a like, random ah. like monkey yeah. like 
Like, why did they do that? I don't know. <laughs> like, and then he also there. And the other thing with the sound in that scene, when when but so it attacks Buddy, mm-hmm. and then Buddy's like, "I just wanted a hug." Yeah. They put an echo on his voice. Did you ever notice that? It's I didn't kind notice of muffled that. And there's like an echo on it. And when I was a kid, I was like, "Did that raccoon eat him?" <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, you know, your mind kind of goes to that when you're yeah. six a yeah, little bit. Yeah, just, like, <laughs> hollow. Did he eat him? I don't know. But I just, like, I that was, like, I always heard that, but I, like, brushed it aside. And then, like, watching it last night, I was like, why? Why was there a monkey sound? Like, that made no sense to me. Yeah, it's 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 a little strange. Because they have a raccoon sound already like in there yeah like he makes this little like kind of like like, like hiss sound yeah. like when he like yeah he and, and then he hisses so it's yeah. like yeah, i don't i don't know but that scene i remember being like you know it was a jump for me as a kid when i first <laughs> saw it um and then i i think that you know that's the other thing about this movie again that's so great is it's just so obvious that he sticks out but it it works for the city itself Right, yeah, cause so, there's because there's always random shit happening in the city. There's always random shit happening, and also th- that's so that's the thing, right? You know, he's running around, he's taking flyers from people, and doing things in a very genuine <laughs> way. But when you're when you're just you know someone trying to enjoy their day, and this guy's just walking around with a an elf, elf costume, costume, just being a fucking maniac, you're just like, I don't have time for this. I gotta get to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's another. That's that's one I didn't get until I went to the city like later on when I was like a teenager and just seeing people like handing hand out, out flyers. Yeah, you don't what? take the flyers if you ever go to New York City. You don't take the flyers. It's mm. gonna get you trapped in probably paying thirty dollars for like a cup of tea. I don't know, but yeah, don't don't do it. take anything. Just like keep your head down, keep walking. They won't be offended. They heed the warnings that they give you in the movie. You don't eat yes. the gum on the sidewalk. It's not free. Don't. Yeah. It's there's no best pizza, but the best one is on Eleven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love New York pizza so much. It's so good. Uh, um, and and cheap. That you, you get me with any place that's two slices for a buck. Oh my. Oh my god. Shout out to Two Bros Pizza. Oh yeah, I love yeah. Right there. <laughs> Shut up, Austin. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, um, so I, I also wanted to say that I think that this is one of the most quoted movies. Oh my of God. Our generation. I can vouch I for that, that extremely. Well, and it's so strange, like how jokes from this movie will easily segue from normal conversation. Like, especially the, you know, bye buddy. Hope you find your dad. Dude, like I, how dude, many times does people like people say that like once a week? I say that all the time when Brian leaves my house to go, bye buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> Mr. Narwhal, (laughs) the the best cup of coffee. You guys did it! Congratulations! (laughs) It's good to meet you. And I love when that comes back, and then he takes Zoe Deschanel to it, and he's like, "No, it tastes tastes like a crappy cup of coffee. No, it's the world's best cup of coffee." (laughs) And then what is it? The one inside uh, the Gimbal's store when the night before Santa comes and. but he did all this stuff, and the guy and uh, Zoe's that Zoe Deschanel is like crimping the uh, ribbons, and he goes six inches. What six <laughs> inches? <laughs> My goal was if we did this in person was to be like, hey guys, we're doing the podcast six inches apart, six 
inches. <laughs> well, we didn't, but it's still. Yeah, I love. Um, that. No, th- that guy is amazing. I always thought he was. <laughs> he's so fucking he's do- funny. He's like th- he is throwing. Isn't he? In this movie. <laughs> like, isn't he? I feel like I've seen him. Isn't he? No, he's not. Isn't he the the security guard from one episode of Drake and Josh? Like he was friends with like uh, Megan. Oh, Citrus. Yes, I, is it Citrus? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I thought I've it was seen him. I, no, He's, Citrus had a deeper voice, and I think was bigger. I, this guy is. I, I, yeah, I don't think. I actually, yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything since. Bring him point. back, Hollywood. Bring him back. We need him. Bring yeah, him back. Him, I I love the uh yeah see, seeing him go through gimbals and that whole section where he goes to actually meet. I think we should also talk about his uh, his dad, played by James Caan. Um, yeah. Who, this was the first time I had seen him in any movie, uh, you know, as a kid. And then a few years later, he does um, get smart. Oh, shit. He the, was in that. Yeah, he's the president in that. And it's, um, you know, it, it's funny. Like, that's your first exposure to him. And I remember <laughs> as a kid, I remember I asked, <laughs> I remember I asked my mom because that's all I knew him from. It's just those two things. Mm-hmm. I asked my mom and I was like, Mom, is, is James Conn famous? <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey, my he mom, is. And my mom goes, well, is he your friend? And I was like, no, I guess not. And she goes, well, then he's famous. <laughs> it's like, wow. 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 <laughs> is that the, the... There's a lot going on there. Big middle finger um, from your mom right there. <laughs> Get fucked, Josh. <laughs> You know, I didn't know about his career as being in, you know, The Godfather uh, and uh, and Thief and all those classic 70s movies. And it's interesting to have him in this because he's such a good, um, you know, curmudgeon dad yeah. who, you know, d- who kind of just wants to live his life. And they don't lean in too much to him being the kind of grinchy business character. Yeah, um, but it's kind of implied mean, from like how the whole office itself is like working. And like when he does make comments, it's like. Come on, dude. Like, the, like the prime, the the biggest scene itself. Like, they showed it once, and I think it kind of sets the tone. Was him with the nun? Like, right. how yeah. are you going to deny a nun? Like, in these kids' books? Like, come on. Like, dude, let it right. slide. But yeah, that's that's the big thing. But also, I mean, he. Uh, I think they try and be like he's also a a big head at this company. I don't yeah. remember. I don't know if they say like what his position is or something. But like, is he an? You know, he's a publisher. Or is that it? I mean, is he author? Because he doesn't write. Yeah, I mean, it. he's a he's. I thought he was a writer. No, because I, I thought, but he's like kind of. I, I would. I, I feel like he's like head of like development or something like that. Could, you know, like I don't know. Head of like, a department in the company. Is he a writer though? Because I know like he had his two writers. So I don't know if he's also a writer and he has other writers that write for him or like. But then he meets with Miles um, Finch. Miles Finch. Miles we'll get Finch. to him. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he but. I feel like because he's talking directly to Miles Finch and yeah, um, sets the meeting up and is overseeing. Uh, I feel like he's the head of a department. Is he? The, I guess he's like an company. executive producer or something. And like I don't know how terms for books are, but something like that. I I'm not sure, but I think he's like a bigger head of this. Yeah, he's company. up there. Yeah, he's up there. Um, and has this troubled past with this woman named Susan Wells, who is uh, Buddy's uh, biological mother. Um, and I guess she, she died, died young. Yeah. I kind of wish we, they, they went more in depth with that, but I think 
for being a kid's film, you can't really go that in-depth with a mother dying, so... Yeah, I mean, it's really just, like... Yeah, they only mention, like, as exposition, like, there's a picture of your father and your mother, um, and then later on, he's just kind of looking at it longingly, um, and that's uh, pretty much it. I'm not saying they necessarily need to, but it's 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 a little bit of a gray area. Also, you know I mean? like, like, doesn't Santa give buddy the picture where the hell did he get that like what the like this dude is like cia type of like person like what the fuck where does he get all this shit santa's known for getting things you know i mean he can break into anywhere if he can break into anyone's house then (laughs) but to tell me that he knew who his dad was and didn't think i'll bring him back to his father no didn't think yeah, that it, at all. That's so. That's the other thing. A lot of research had to have gone into Buddy. So they have to like figure out. Okay. You yeah. Know, he. Well, I guess they don't because they don't even know what his real name is. They just call him Buddy. But like, how did he? But the fact that he knows his dad's last name had to be like, oh, so the, how they find his last name? That was the question. Like, how the fuck did they find that out? And his yeah, dad. How did they know? And because I mean, he's at an orphanage, so yeah. I think then they just drop the baby off so they don't even know who the parents are? Yeah. Or maybe they did put, like... That's there's, looks, a lot of, there's, yeah, a lot there's a lot of inconsistencies. Of, like, <laughs> how do you figure out, like, there's a random baby at an orphanage. There's no tracking of where his father and mother are. Let's go look. <laughs> <laughs> maybe being Santa, you get perks. I don't know. Hey, who knows? Um, who knows? <laughs> um, so, so, anyway. Um, but there's that... There's like obviously the great moment where he sings the song to his dad, which is another. I'm here <laughs> with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm singing. Oh, here now. I love you, daddy. <laughs> I, and guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> James Conn's just like, oh, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> and then. My favorite line in the movie is when he does like uh, another one that I think has been quoted a lot. Not as much as a few others, but it, it's like, we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper too. <laughs> <laughs> or my favorite one is we answer the phone. But the elf is your color. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one too. And I then, love that. That's one of my personal favorite sequences. I mean, th- that whole sequence when he goes back to the place, um, the, the to, to, goes to office and goes to the office and uh, they're wearing the same suit. <laughs> and he literally like just, just copies what he says and does. Just yeah. At least. <laughs> morning, Jack. Morning, Jack. Morning, morning Jack. <laughs> My favorite part is though when he goes back to like buy his office. Where um, did they? Did she ever have a name? The secretary. I think it's. Debbie. Debbie. I like though when he comes back in the suit and he sees her. He goes, "Oh my god, hi! Like it's so nice to see you again." Yeah. Do you remember me? Yeah, I'm in work clothes, and his dad just pulls him <laughs> into his office. Yeah, Francisco, uh, that whole Francisco. thing. <laughs> Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. He's like he's he's like sitting on like a doorstop. This like little horse thing or something. I I don't know. Why is I, like I, where does he get, like why does he have that? That's so out of place. And yeah, his office. And, it's so out of place to have a little kids like thing. That's yeah. so. I don't know. <laughs> why is your name on this? He raises his hand. <laughs> why is your name on the desk? Uh, I bought the desk. My name's there, so no one steals it. 
That's a joke, isn't it, Dad? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what was the joke for that, though? I don't like that he owned the desk or that he bought the desk or that it's his That's desk. also not why you have a name. <laughs> yeah. I bought it, so my name's on it. So, like, it's your office. Just yeah. people know who you are. That's why it's essentially replacing a name tag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, but that leads into the mailroom section, uh, which. which as a kid, bonkers. Didn't notice a lot, but as an adult, oh boy, did I notice a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't get the. I legitimately thought he was putting syrup, syrup. in <laughs> his coffee. It's special syrup, mm-hmm. which is a great another great line. And he's like, uh, "Oh yeah, you know this place kind of reminds me of Santa's workshop, except it smells like mushrooms and everyone yeah, it looks was- like they want to hurt me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it? I, did you notice? In that sea entry has like literally pours all of the, I guess it's like obviously liquor, but like pours all his coffee, drinks it all, and they're laying on, like the the basket mail of bags. mail bags and all that, and they're talking. Do you know how old that guy that buddy was talking to next to him said? He he said he's like twenty something. He's twenty. He said he was twenty three. I was like, nah, what? Nah, I'm twenty three. <laughs> Yeah, that that ain't right. <laughs> I was like, that was that's a huge strip. Maybe like in two thousand three, they looked at at twenty three, but like, bro, there's still like no way nah, that was no like, no. There's no that dude was forty. That dude I'm was telling. easily pushing forty. Not even like, yeah. I was so I like that threw me. For, I was like, there's no way this guy thinks he's twenty, right? Like, what? But and just, also but like just to, <laughs> just to see him like, uh, you know, they're just like you know laying on the bed just like oh you know we are buddies you know you're my best friend you're my best friend and he's like yeah no man like i just oh you want to get on the floor no i want to get off the floor you know i'm 23 years old i got like like my life ahead of me and he's like yeah my my grand my papa elf didn't get promoted till he was 490 he said 490 <laughs> that's funny like i i thought they were high because like I've been drunk. I don't think anyone is that chill when you're drunk. You're usually like paced around. You're doing shit like unless he's a he's a mellow drunk. I don't know. But like, I just was like, no one else is gonna like intervene and be like, come on guys, get up off the mail. Like you're sitting on mail that has to be sent out. And like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like that. That whole scene was like it was funny, but it was like a weird funny. Like it's it, really weird. Yeah, it's like, and you know the whole section and. Then being drunk, I mean, you say, you know, he's a mellow drunk. Then he's yeah. dancing on the table exactly. you know, five minutes later. So it's like, but <laughs> the whole thing, it's such a weird, like, we're going to have a five minute buddy drunk scene. Yeah, well, but he's not drunk. And he's, he's just on a sugar rush. And the, that's the other thing is like, I as a kid, I definitely didn't know. I thought they were just, I legitimately thought they were just chilling. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't connect to what he did before to now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, because I literally thought he had syrup in his coffee. Um, and then, uh, and then he's dancing, you know, to whoop. There it, it is, is. Which is just a, and a big, a is popular song at the time. Oh yeah. It definitely dates this movie pretty hardcore, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I want to talk about Zoe Deschanel, uh, because I think this was one of the first big roles that she had. I think, um, this really put her on the map as a, as an actress. And I, I really like her in this movie personally. I, I think love it's, her. I, I think don't it's see the her best role. I think it's the best role she's. I mean, I haven't watched New Girl, but this is probably my favorite role of hers. Um, 
and I, I love her blonde hair. I think the blonde hair is a great look for her. It's like the best she's ever looked in anything, I think. I, she's like, but also it's so different for her because she has this cold edge to her. Yeah. You know, she's very clearly, like, she's very clearly a city. Like, she's, she's very, yeah, York she's city. very New Yorker. Mm-hmm. And when they first meet, you know, she's just like, you know, why are you mocking me? And he's like, I just, I've never met another human who shares my love of elf culture. You know? <laughs> I like wait even like before we get more into Zoe, can we back up a little more to when he meets her? Like he's Buddy is in a different section of the store, and the boss is. Well, I don't know why he's wandering around the store yeah. in the first place, and he just picks this guy up. Don't you know who your employees are? Like yes, the fuck. Like yes, there's like that's get bothered over here. me for years. <laughs> it's like okay, so. And obviously that scene's iconic because it's got the elevator, it's got the fashion fruit spray, it's got fruit the... Fruit spray? <laughs> <laughs> it's got like, you know, it's got all that, but the, yeah, the fact that he is, he's on a different floor because yeah. the, where they're going, like that, the toy store is like in the bottom Based, of the yeah. store. And then he's, yeah, he's at the, like the top of the clothing section. Why is this guy wandering around? And you very clearly never seen this guy before. And you, so can, why do you think he's on your payroll? Just and you because can, he looks, yeah, he also doesn't look like you're. He doesn't have, yeah, he's in the same outfit. Like, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> it's like, why are you pissed? And he's like pissed. He's like, shut up. You know, are you, like, are you mad at me? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> and the whole, I, yeah. Just, I just like to smile. Smile's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your new favorite. All right. <laughs> All right, everyone. 10 a.m. Santa's come. Santa! Oh my God! I know him. I know him. <laughs> I think that's one of the more, like you know, 10 a.m. Santa's coming. I think that it that became, is like an instant quote too. Oh yeah, that is the quote of the movie. If you pick one, that is definitely the quote. I of the think movie. that yeah, 10 a.m. Santa's coming. Yeah, because of just it goes from here to here, you know, to a whole nother <laughs> level. Just Will Ferrell just screaming at the just. top of his lungs, excited <laughs> for Santa Claus. Absolutely insanity. Um, and yeah, so like the, they set up the relationship between him and uh, Zoe pretty early on, which is another trope of the Yeah, you gotta have that love genre. story. You gotta, you gotta have the love story, but you ha- it has to be they're so different. Not they're so different, but then, you know, they are able to find the cuteness in each other. Because they're both like very charming people, yeah. So that's what they kind of base base it off of. Um, and do you think if that if they didn't have the love story section in it, would it still be a good hit? Do you uh, think without the love story it would drive the movie still? Well, you would need to fill in that story yeah. plot somehow. You would need to fill in the C plot, but I think that even if they were just friends. And they were trying to. Well, actually, I don't know, because then he doesn't get love struck and go crazy on Miles Finch later. So I've never had a problem with there being a love story in this. Movie oh, I don't either. I'm just I wondering, just, like, I feel like it's like one of the smaller parts of the whole movie. So, like, if you mm-hmm. took it out, would it still affect the movie as a whole? N- no, actually, because I don't because there's no real conflict in it Yeah. because there's never a part where he's like. Oh, I'm like, if there was a scene, so have you seen Anchorman? Yes. Okay, so you know that part where after um, Christina Applegate does the news and then Ron shows up and he's like, no, we got to do the news. And she's like, I just did it. Are you proud of me? And they have that big fight. Mm -hmm. If there was something like, 
I think if the love story is going to be a central part of the overall plot, you would ha- kind of have to have a scene like that where it's yeah. like they have some conflict, they drive each other apart, and then they come back together kind of thing. Okay. Um, and so if they were doing that here in Elf, they would have to have that scene. But if they did have that scene, I don't necessarily think it would it would work all that well. Yeah. Like, I, if Unless I'm remembering it incorrectly, I don't think there's a scene that makes the two of them go apart. It's just like the main problem is with James Caan and buddy and then they get into a fight and then he just up and leaves and then later on when zoe's just watching the news she sees him walking through central park and then yeah that's yeah pretty much it yeah there is no really conflict in there and i I, like i said i'm not against it i think it's fine because they're charming two charming actors and i i like seeing them together yeah um i think that but even if like just story-wise even if they were just friends i think the movie would have played out like the same yeah you know what i mean um, but that leads into a very fun montage of Buddy setting up the uh, whole office at Gimbal's. As, <laughs> um, just I, I like it's so crazy. He like the goes, literally does uses light brights. Remember those? Ah, oh boy, bring those back. Are they still a thing? Or are they like discontinued? I'm, I'm imagine that they're discontinued. I'm sure there's something similar to them out but i don't i haven't seen a light bright i'm about to i'm about to go buy a light bright after this go go do some research um but he does he does that he sets up the um puts the lights around the and when he turns those lights on you're like oh fuck that looks fucking he went insane also like can we just say how shitty the security guard was they had the one team going like oh i'm gonna go find trouble clearly in his peripheral he can see buddy but he just was like nope nothing yeah and then buddy like tucking rolls out of the- <laughs> and then like and he's like hammering snow onto the roof of this like like you cabin. don't hear this like yeah you don't see the man on top of this yeah like- and then like he makes the whole like first of all impressive to make after seeing it only maybe three times to make a, a replica of the empire state building after seeing it only once knowing like how tall it is and like when it like meets in the center and then also like i always wonder like why is it like after like the big reveal and the next day when the guy comes in there's like copra must send someone in like he saw why is it always like whenever there's like a piece of art it's the mona lisa <laughs> he does the mona lisa on an etch sketch oh my god <laughs> like why but like i've noticed that like in other movies they have like some very like high-end piece of art on like something as this like a comical thing, I guess when they like, put it like on like edge of sketch or like maybe it's like a napkin, but it's always something like that, like a very famous painting, like on something very comical, like paper, or, like because it's the most famous painting ever. That's true. <laughs> I just think it's kind that's, of funny. They that's use just that. why. But it like it's weird. Like why did he do a? Did he have extra time, and so he just decided to? Yeah, like what? Mona Lisa. Um, also, this bitch does all this in one night and can only do 85 Etch-a-Sketches in... <laughs> I mean, like, like I guess, like, from that standpoint, if he's doing 85 an hour, he he's working... I guess he's still doing it quickly. He's he's, just, he's doing it quick. He's, doing, he's working at, like, an elf's pace as a human. So, like, to humans, this is, like, amazing how you can do this so quickly. Mm-hmm. But to elves, it's like, you're very slow. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to talk about probably the 
the worst part of the movie in terms of how it's aged is the scene where he's singing in the bathroom with Zoe Deschanel. Like, it's one of those where, as a kid, you're like, oh, it's funny, you know, he runs into the wall kind of thing. But, like, you know, <laughs> I love that scene. It's so funny. <laughs> now it's like, ooh, boy. <laughs> like, for, like, she's like, she sounds amazing. Zoe Deschanel oh, yeah. sounds fantastic. And it, but it's just like, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, he's just, he just went right into the girl's room. And it's just kind of, because they obviously play it off as like, he obviously doesn't know any better. And it's yeah. like, it's just now you're just like, ooh. Even and like, at, ne- yeah, when they talk, it's like, why are you in the girl's locker room? I didn't know you were in there. Was it sure it wasn't, you were, was it sure? Are you sure it was because I was naked? I didn't know you were naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. You know, they just kind of move on from yeah. it. Um, is that the same day he asks her to eat food? <laughs> I know, because then they have the whole fight with the fake Santa, and then he comes back like a few days later. Oh, yeah. Also, I didn't oh catch God, that the either. The fucking fake Santa fight. He's oh a my. fake! You, you don't smell like Santa at all. <laughs> you smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. That fight scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it then, was like so it's so upsetting just because of he destroys like everything. I know. And, I was like, like all your d- hard work just wrecks that Empire State Building. And like imagine being that because like, I mean, when you see it in theaters, you're the same age as the kids in that scene. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine a 35 year old man in an elf suit beating the shit out of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, my life is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> and then security guards like topple him (laughs) it could like the most upsetting thing just like ever show a child (laughs) also like i didn't even notice this but like i was another joke i didn't catch as as a child but as an adult so like after that whole scuffle and like he gets kicked out and all that and then he goes to jail um you know they do all the stuff the story progresses but he comes back to ask her out ask out zoe de chanel and she goes they gave you your job back? He's like, no, they gave me this thing called restraining order. But that's it. And I like didn't catch that as a kid. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you should not be on this premises right now. You're going to go to jail. Yeah, the security guards at the Empire State Building are way better than the security guards at Gimbal's. Like, they throw him out twice when they see him. Like, they're good. You know? They are so but good. At Gimbal's, they're just like, is that the same guy? Ah, goodness. <laughs> um... I, I want to talk about uh, I, I, the other thing I think has become iconic is the um, is Buddy's eating habits, which were always so disgusting to me as a yes! kid. Yes, <laughs> like the whole like syrup on spaghetti obviously became. I I literally just saw someone last night on Instagram post on their story that they were doing that because they were watching Elf. I guess they dude. Do I literally was going to do that today. I was like, I need to try syrup spaghetti. I have no interest in trying it. I think it looks really gross, but like, I will. Uh, you know. I guess don't knock it till you try it. Uh, please let me know, and I will. I will go from there. Um, I definitely will not. Tr- like the, the thing that really gets me. Like one thing that makes me. This is really strange and somewhat personal, but like one thing that gets me anxious is like excess of really anything. <laughs> like if you have so un- like an unnecessary amount of anything. Yeah. Like it just like makes me like that's why like, like when people have like blu-ray collections of like thousands of movies it's like oh my god that's a lot of stuff you know like Like, what are you doing with all that so like when he puts like 80 (laughs) different things on this plate of spaghetti (laughs) including 
Pop tarts, sweet tarts, like M and M's, everything. M and M's. It's just like, oh my god! Like it was it's like my like, body shuts down. I get a sugar high just watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so bad. And then the other scene too, like before that day, he just this the whole thing is so then goes just chugs it down, and then they go and talk to uh they go to Emily and uh. Jesus, Walter, I think. Walter, yeah, name. Walter have a talking in the room, and then Buddy just goes, just a huge belt, and the kid next, and Michael next to him just goes, "You're so weird," but so Buddy's weird. just like so long of a burp. It's that's like a that's so child humor. That is such a child humor joke. And then that joke is followed by Buddy jumping into the Christmas tree, which was used in the trailer a lot. I remember. I still try to do that. <laughs> Parents will let me do that. I want. To. Yeah. What's the what? What was the? Oh, uh, they were trying to get the star on top. That's I got it. <laughs> and they cut. Do you hear that they cut down a tree in Central Park to get that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, where did they get the axe? And how did no one else notice them just carrying? How did they bring it to the house? There's so many I other do, things. <laughs> I do love the part where he's like, um, oh, how'd you sleep? Great. I got a full 40 minutes. <laughs> time to make that rocking horse. And she went, oh, and my he- God, you made that? And he took the wood from the TV stand. The TV's just on the floor. <laughs> oh my god! Full forty minutes um, of sleep. Yeah, yeah. That's the. Oh yeah, I can't go to sleep unless I get tucked in. You know, like dad, dad, dad. So relatable. I used to call my parents in all the time like that. I think every kid did. Oh yeah. Um, I I, I wanted to also just kind of continue on the James Con discussion because I think he yeah. is really good in this movie. Um, as you don't you don't hate him, but I think you can kind of understand at least a little bit. You obviously want him to love his son, but you're also yeah. like this random man just came up to him out of nowhere and said that he's his son and is wanting his, you know, he he doesn't really know how to process that, which is, either. you know, fair, obviously. But it's like you, know, you want him to reach out and like really love him, but like he doesn't know how to process that. And it's kind of this relic of this life he once had. Yeah. Um And. You know, they obviously don't go into it a lot, like where he talks about that relationship with like his wife or something. Um, his wife, by the way, Mary um, Seedinger, I think her name is. Um, Steenbergen, Mary Steenbergen Steen. is the mom in Step Brothers. I course. knew it. I was like, she's mm-hmm. the mom from Step Brothers. Yep. Another Will Ferrell movie. Um, and uh, but she's just she's kind of just for it. Be like, you know, he's he's your son. You have to. Yeah, also, you know, like, I don't, I feel like m- many, like, wives would never be this okay with finding out that their husband has a 30-year-old child that you've never known until just now. Like, I feel like most, like, wives are like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird that, like, I don't, she's hmm. so for it. Like, it's kind of weird. I would imagine that she knows about susan well oh yeah no doubt in my mind but she like, hasn't she doesn't know about that but just like leads me to question does he know that she had this child does james Kahn know that susan wells had a baby and well, then put her up for adoption well that was, was that, part of that process that was the thing though she they said then earlier like she had a kid he didn't know about and then she put him for adoption because i think she passed away so he didn't okay, know so he did not know okay Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right. Okay. I for, I forgot that they they yeah when he gives her the picture. Yeah, he says. Yeah. That. Okay. So he is fully in the dark. Yeah. Um. So, so seeing that finally you have a kid is like 
d- mm-hmm. is it really? And then we yeah, bring in like, the director and the best actor. Enter John Favreau. <laughs> oh my God. Get him checked out and have a, you know, Finger it's great. To see, it's obviously great. Yeah, it's great to see John Favreau really in anything. It's, it's funny that he always like is like the like he always puts himself as like the helper to like the main character in some way. Like in Iron Man, he's just Tony Stark's like right hand man, and then like an elf, he's uh, Jesus. Yeah, he's he's a he's just the doctor. He's just the doctor. But he's that's what he's great at. But he's a bridge. He's a great. He's he's a great friend, but he also is great at like he has a very administrative quality to him. So like you believe him that he has the position that he does as happy in the Iron yeah. Man movies, but you also believe that no one takes him as seriously as they should. You know, like the fact that he's just a guy and people like him, but understand yeah. that he has clearance to things that no like, one. I would see. Expect. I understand how you got there, but like your your name's Happy. Like I mean, I'm exactly. sorry. You know. Like, <laughs> Um. Yeah, and and so in here he's like you know finds out he's it's a boy. Uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know my finger has a heartbeat like, like that whole thing. Um, and he's like you know just take him out balls. and yeah, just he he's trying to you know really push him and just be like you know gotta accept him and you know go out and you know spend some time with him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it starts this kind of. I think that they try and balance like it's more so the scenes are played for humor than it is necessarily we have to fully focus on the arc of making sure that these two characters come together. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, you know, the the whole point of it is like, okay, they're gonna go to work together to try and get closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just sends them to the mailroom. So they don't really they kind of nix the idea of having them do more like office work stuff together. Yeah. Then, like, I think it would have been kind of funny, like, if they, and I'm not saying, like, that's necessarily a problem. I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's not the, the purpose of the story necessarily. I just think, it, like, if they wanted to do something like, all right, let's have these characters spend more time together, get to know each other more. Like, Walter conducts a meeting and then Buddy is in there and keeps asking, like, stupid questions. Yeah, that would have like been that. funny. It would, it would have been something. Um, but I think but they still then, gave us that meeting with like at the end with Miles Finch or not, not Miles Finch. No, yeah, it was Miles Finch, and then the yeah, other yeah, one like yeah. later. But yeah, right. And so the, but that leads into the great montage of Zoe and him going on the date, mm-hmm. and it's so charming with uh, Dean Martin playing, uh, and um, just them skating around on the um, in Rockefeller Center, and then he literally takes just the four places that we saw in the beginning. They yeah. run around in the fucking yep. <laughs> revolving the, door. Yes, he gives them like tips on it. Like, so the best thing is to not close your eyes because then you get sick. Just hop in whenever yeah. you're ready. <laughs> but like, and then they, they, and then they kiss and the, it's so, it's so charming. Like it's so, and then quick cut, Miles Finch, the scene in the movie pinnacle scene heater dinklage oh my god first time i ever saw him loved him instantly i've always loved peter dinklage i think he's just a fantastic actor and i so... I, I think the reveal for him was great the elevator oh, opens and then it closes and then you just see the lady go and everyone goes miles finch it's miles finch miles finch, miles finch. finch. <laughs> yeah it's it's perfect because what they do is they 
they make you the viewer be like who is this guy you know it's like really building it up and he is so powerful and like don't fuck with this guy right yeah and then obviously peter tinklage who's four foot one but is so still you're so just like this is the fucking guy like dude peter dinklage is such a powerful person like on camera Mm -hmm. his voice and his demeanor just carries so well like any role he plays phenomenal yeah they and it you i think that that's where this movie could have dipped into like oh territory it's like if they were just making fun like okay obviously buddy comes back and makes elf jokes but yeah he gets his ass kicked you know what i mean like it serves him right and Peter Dinklage deserved to kick the shit out of Will Ferrell in that scene. Yeah. You know, he, it was very deserving. But, um, and also, you know, we as the audience are supposed to be like, oh my God, this is bad. This is not good. You know what I mean? Like when he's like, did Santa <laughs> know? Do you have to work? With, did you have to take a reindeer to get here? Um, <laughs> also, like is, I noticed like in the opening credits, I don't think his name was mentioned. So I think at this time he was still a very small actor. And to think that like, that's crazy. Like Peter Dinklage mm-hmm. like, at this time, like was such a small actor that no one really knew about him. And then now it's just he, like he's fucking huge. Yeah. He had done a he'd done a movie called The Station Agent, which was an independent movie made by Tom McCarthy before this, I think two years before this or something. Okay. But I think this was his first big mainstream movie performance, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously, you know, he came into our lives and uh in various other yep. um, side character ways. And then with Game of Thrones, yep. I mean, he's one of the most beloved television characters of this decade. Um, and he always has this energy to him where he, his persona is still the first thing that grabs you. You know, they don't make it as, you know, yes, he is a little person, but they don't make it as this is the only thing that you are. Yeah. Like they know that this guy is fucking talented and he, you know, uses everything to his advantage and you love him in everything. He's so good. And in this movie, it's just, I mean, it, I think the funniest part is that he's this badass children's book writer. Trying <laughs> know, to act like he's so fucking funny. Ernest Hen- Hemingway. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've written more, I published more stuff than Dr. Seuss, buddy. You feeling, you feeling lucky? Call me an elf one more time. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, and he's fucking crazy too. Like he, when he's like, what does he say? Um, I've got more action more than you have in your entire life. Yeah, but he's like, I I got this one idea I'm absolutely just psyched out of my mind with just kind of a, you know, yes! You know, kind of... (laughs) He's he's insane. He could very well be on coke, and I would believe it. Oh yeah, not even a question. And he's writing books for children. Like I know! Like, And that's the other thing that's funny about that meeting is when they're just like... You know that the when Kyle Gass says the thing about the, I love that James Kahn's assistants are Kyle Gass and Andy. Isn't Richter. one of them on Conan? Yeah, Andy is yeah, on Conan, and then so. Kyle Gass is from Tenacious D. Yep. Um, but like you know, they're just like, um, you know, we open on a young tomato. He's had some tough times down at the farm. <laughs> no tomatoes. No, no. Too vulnerable. The farms. <laughs> too vulnerable. Yeah. And then what's the yeah? So then James Kahn's like. I, frankly, all we have are vegetables. You know, <laughs> that's all our ideas centered around vegetables. Like, and what? then, yeah, I was it. And then, like, after the whole fight, and then after, like, he leaves because he leaves his book. I just thought it was so funny how they come and, like, guess what this is? What? Mile Finch's book. He left it on the desk. He's got genius things like this. They show a picture of a chicken. That's it. Just a mm-hmm. chicken. Just like, look at it. 
It's like, and his, and then his, and his best idea is a peach that lives on a farm. What's, What's more, more vulnerable, vulnerable than, than a the peach? peach? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't God, know what that means, but it's still funny. <laughs> it's, um, I guess do peaches bruise are easier? Is that a thing? Uh, I guess that's, yeah, I guess, yeah, true. Probably. Yeah. Peach, yeah, you're right. Um, but, uh. But that's where the emotional crux of the story, you know, kind of comes in is, um, you know, James Conn yells at him. He's like, I don't care if you're my son. Get out of my life. And it's like when you're a kid, like, I mean, James Conn's always been one of cinema's greatest yellers. And yeah. when he like really lays it into you, you're just like, oh. And then, you know, Buddy's writing that letter on the Etch-A-Sketch. And he's like, <laughs> no, I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, that it's it's like a good emotional it, it, uh, yeah, it you know, really part shakes of the, you to the story. Core. It mm-hmm. shakes you. It's like wow, like he really is like, and it was obviously like he's got a lot riding on him. But like, I love how whenever there's a character that just fully belts what they're feeling later in the movie, like I didn't mean that. You clearly meant that. Like there was yeah. some anger and like hate behind that. But yeah, but we we we, we got to get him out. You know what I mean? Gotta, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The third act of this movie is also a little strange just because of how, um, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse. just because of like, they mention the Christmas spirit thing in the beginning and they yeah. don't really follow through with it until the very end. Like most of it is spent on like, you know, the fish out of water aspect of it and what is this yeah. weird guy doing? Yeah, exactly. And then it comes back. It's like a closetometer, you know, there's no Christmas spirit anymore. It's like, where'd it go like it was just kind of it, like it was just gone in an instant kind of thing it doesn't they don't really it doesn't really pan out all that much yeah they don't really uh, but, yeah they, they don't bring up a lot like it literally says beginning and then the end and then let's like really they don't really talk about it in the middle because, because it, yeah in in like most christmas movies it would have been like okay let's show instances of these you know like people in new york being like ah you know you know we don't send letters to santa anymore yeah you know like we're we're going away for Christmas. Like there's nothing. There's really anything like that. Like you still feel the Christmas spirit because of the, uh, like the like Gimbals itself is yeah. doing all this stuff, um, and the, they're setting the tree up. And like there's there's clearly Christmas spirit. I think it's yeah. I think it's believing in Santa, not Christmas. I I th- I guess I thought it was I thought it was just Christmas because isn't it called the claws claws clausometer or whatever. Yeah, the clausometer. I yeah. thought it was. For some reason, I thought it was. I thought they just said it was. It, just Christmas, like Christmas it's just spirit itself. Be- yeah, Christmas spirit, but it's like believing. But like, why would you call? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think with it calling it claws clausometer, it's more directly to people believing in Santa as a whole, not mm-hmm. Christmas. Because I mean, Christmas is like defiantly like set like in a calendar date. Like it's Santa that's like comes and goes depending on your age so right. if you believe in santa then he's able to do all this stuff for you mm-hmm. and that's i think what they're trying to do and i think i mean i and i'm hear me on this i think in a sense even though i didn't bring up christmas spirit and like believing in santa i feel like buddy was that personified in a sense yeah like he's just like trying to be like, hey, everyone be happy. Like Santa's coming. Like he's always happy about like Santa and everything related to Christmas. Talks to like Zoe de Chanel about like, oh, like you know, you should sing because the best way to sp- spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear and all that. So like they keep bringing that up, and then he catches singing, and then even with like setting up the night before with Santa coming, Santa coming, and 
he makes this whole big thing for it. And then at the house, he puts all his decorations up and like he just try to keep like the spirit of Christmas and Santa as a whole like alive. Even like in the beginning when he's running on the sidewalk and he sees a guy in a red like coat who looks like Santa. He's like Santa. Oh, oh you're, you're not you're not Santa. Like he's yeah. still. <laughs> so I feel like he is the Christmas spirit personified. So that's why they don't really bring it up until the end because Buddy's like trying to like relay that to everyone like hey santa's real here's this and then at the end with like michael getting the book and all that is like more proof oh yeah that's right yeah and but the uh the other thing yeah i guess it is it is because because by reading the book he makes people believe in santa Mm -hmm. um you're right about that buddy is the that personification of holiday cheer and Mm -hmm. that's cool like it's cool that zoe deschanel has that arc and that she you know by singing at the end to everybody and um you know making everyone which uh, is so not new york no one's gonna sing like shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that that's the depiction of new york though like in so (laughs) many movies i just like and anyone like anyone who watches like New York movies and is from New York be like, we don't give a shit. Like in the Spider-Man movies when they're like, you mess with us, you mess with New York, you know, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. It's like if, if traffic is blocked on the George Washington Briggs, New York, New York, New Yorkers hate everything. Yeah. (laughs) I hate my life. I hate my wife. I hate my kids. I hate everything. They gotta, they gotta get to work, you know? Um, but that whole thing at the end with, um, like, first of all, why is he on the news when he's like, there seems to be a man dressed as an elf walking through Central Park? That, that wouldn't be on, that would not be on the news. Also, I think it was like a reference to like Bigfoot because how big like I think yeah, Bigfoot yeah. was like a big thing at this time. So it's like, let's recreate the Bigfoot sighting. But as the elf, as elf, as, as Bigfoot. But like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I also I learned something from the movie that I didn't know until I watched it last night. So when they talk about the central park rangers um on the news the lady references like they haven't seen action like the horses are specially trained they haven't seen action since like 85 and i was like what happened like is that like a real thing and they made it up and i looked it up and it was because of like a garfunkel and simon and garfunkel like concert something happened there and like i guess some of the central park like rangers like did something to like i don't i was looking into exactly but like they caused like a big ruckus and something happened with the rangers and like it was like a huge sold out concert like all central park and like they got like they hurt i think they they, like arrested someone and they also caused like a big fight kind of and then like it kind of dispersed with that but like the fact they brought up that random event that like Mm -hmm. that's how like i guess it's like a real thing that like they don't really get much action from everything else but they depict them as the fucking like horsemen of the apocalypse Apocalypse, yeah Yeah. they're so just like evil i i will say that has aged very well not like having law enforcement be the enemy you know like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so like then they they're able to get the um to get the sled up and uh you know buddy even get they even get his dad to sing, you know, and James Conn's like singing. He's like, toe town. Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, and, and then he rides off and all is well on Christmas night. Yeah. Um, you know, packed with jokes and packed with memorable moments. It's obviously one of the, uh, a staple of the, the holiday, uh, season. Um, it's just, again, it's just one that, 
uh, as as you could probably tell, I just know it like the back of my hand. Yeah, just, like I just need, I just need some time. You know what I it's mean? It's also like you can tell how old this movie is just from like obviously we're in a very more digital age. So like if something like that were to happen, where you saw Santa Claus flying through New York City. There'd be cameras from every angle looking at that. Like mm-hmm. you would, like it. It just it's kind of funny that like I look at that. Like, where's the cameras? Like, oh wait, it's 2003. No one has smartphones like that anymore. Where they can just record like on the go. But like, right. Even, even like after that whole scene, they cut to inside the apartment. Is is it's a house or is it an apartment? I think it's an apartment. It's yeah. an apartment. Yeah. Apartment. Yeah, and then like you have. It's just. Something about Zoe Deschanel singing in a house with five people and no one's paying attention to me. It just seems kind of out there, like really, like yeah, because like force, Michael, like Michael, the mom and um, Buddy are opening gifts, and then Zoe Deschanel and uh, James, James Conner Con- at the piano. Yeah, and also we never singing. knew he could play piano. Like what the fuck? Like why are we just now realizing that? He's playing a guitar in that photo, but that's not a piano. Yeah, and so like, why are they just singing? Like, what the like? Mm-hmm. There's no point of that. But. They just needed one final shot, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you want to? We've <laughs> we've been talking a lot about Elf, but do you want to uh, finish this off in uh, in the analysis section? Yes, but before we do that, I want to say one thing. My favorite scene from the entire movie is the snowball fight scene. Oh my god! Oh yes, the snowball fight. I forgot about it. Yes, no one. There's. Uh, no, I've never seen a group of kids just come together and like, let's get this one guy and just peg him with snowballs. Son of and a then, nutcracker! <laughs> and then just having like this guy builds a bunch, like Buddy builds a bunch of snowballs, and this goes like a Gatling gun just mowing yeah. down the kids. So funny in the middle of Central Park. <laughs> Insane. Uh, so good. But yes, let's go to the analysis. All right, let's go analyze this. I think that, you know, we've kind of covered most of it, especially with the character arcs. Um, I I don't necessarily think that Buddy has the biggest arc. I think he just kind of has this, you know, reality check of like, oh, this is what the real world is. That's, but that's pretty much it. Like, that's really his arc. Yeah. He doesn't, he still has the same character traits. He still has that kind of boyish feeling, but he's much more. I, I think the big thing is like he ends up he ends up being the one to help Santa at the end, and obviously mm-hmm. in the beginning he's behind on making toys yeah. and all of that. So um, that and he's all he also bridges the spirit for people before the community and to Santa, um, and so he. Uh, so yeah so obviously the movie's being centered around him he yeah. is the spirit that we all want to feel yes. throughout um, throughout December and leading up to the holiday itself um, and in terms of like messages and like um, and themes I, I do like that it is a father son you yeah. know movie at heart or at least it's trying to be like it's important to um I think most of, you know, the, all the Thanksgiving movies and all of these movies are going to be about family because yeah. the holidays themselves are centered around family. Um, but I, I think this is also a movie about, like, make time for your family. Yeah. Like, it's it's important, like, and that's kind of a year-round kind of message. But it's, I um, feel, I, it's funny how, like, in, like, it, like you said, year-round, it's, it's, like, pressed, like, hey, everyone, just be nice to each other. 
you know, look out for one another and all that. But like during Christmas, it is so heavily shoved down your throat. And I don't mm-hmm. understand why we don't just like, why, why Christmas is like, I mean, yeah, giving back and all that, but like, why does Christmas get like that kind of thing? Where it's like, hey guys, Christmas, be more nice than you usually are. Because mm-hmm. I guess there's like an incentive, like if you're nicer, you get more stuff for Christmas. That's like, yeah. which is kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Like you want you like you think you get rewards for doing something when you just should just do it because you're nice and like just general person. But yeah, that's probably why it's more pushed on Christmas is because like December because of that. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's just because, you know, a lot of it has to do with James Kahn's character obviously being so involved in his business and not eating dinner with his family at times. So, yeah, he <clears throat> is it just you know, not being able to, he's very distant um, from his family. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, and by the end he says, you know, he gives buddy the hug that he always wanted and, uh, finally embraces him into the family. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's the, the main takeaway for the movie is just like, obviously be there for your family, but yeah, just generally speaking, make time for them. Like it's important to spend that time. And just trust me, we've been making a lot of time for them this year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think next year we'll get a nice little break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was something else that, uh, Oh, so I wanted to, you know, pose the final question. How is the holiday spirit captured? Um, in this movie, obviously we've talked about it with Buddy's character, but just the atmosphere. How is the feeling of Christmas and the spirit of December captured in this movie? Um, in my opinion, from watching it several times and last night, uh, it's definitely just like you know you got. I'm gonna cut the the easy ones out of the way. You got snow, you got the lights, and you got just like everyone all bundled up in like warm clothes. But like more like I guess more in depth look at it, it's like you know. People are like preparing for like this big day and there's like all this rush. You see like everyone, hey, I'm trying to word my, figure out how to word it correctly. Um, you got Buddy coming in, basically like a new wave of like Christmas spirit. Like I mentioned earlier, he's just like trying to like, you know, really like I said earlier, just trying to like rekindle that like inspiration, that love, that joy that you guys a kid, but like obviously he's an adult. So if people see an adult having this much fun, like imagine like how much fun kids are having like as that. So like he wants people to try to like adults to be as happy as joyous, you know, you know, kind of not carefree entirely, but like, you know, be like, Hey, Christmas is about trying to like, you even said like, you know, spend time with your family, like have a good, have a like wholesome just time. Cause like, most people like what well, they say somewhere like no one should be alone on christmas i think they said that somewhere in the movie yeah no one should be alone mm. on christmas so like even then it's like hey we've said it before we'll say it again like spend time with your family for this time on christmas because you don't know what's going to happen and then even as buddy's introduced to the family the mom and the brother mom's the mom is immediately like on for it the brother takes some time but it's the dad that's like the harsh like breakthrough and eventually mm-hmm. he does get through to him and it's just like with enough persistence and like time and like understanding like how not only he works but how the real world works because you've been sheltered your whole life it's like you have to understand like obviously we all have needs but like maybe buddy was the reason and a need for the family to like you know get back together because like you said 
beginning of the movie, he's just by himself going in his room because he's going to find all the stuff and like really like focus on his work. And it's like, don't focus on work. Take your time away from the work and work on your family because they're the last people you see at the night and at day. So it's like, just, just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pushed a lot. But obviously, like the festive lights, the iconic like Rockefeller Center tree are all symbols of it too. But like, it's right. just more like how people are acting and what they should be doing during this time. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. And I think that, again, to set it in New York City yeah. makes it like, like it could have been like if this was if this movie was in LA it would feel completely different like that's kind of what separates like you know something like this from like Die Hard which obviously takes place around Christmas time yeah but like you know it's it's in LA it's warmer there's no snow there's you know but here it's like very like that night when he's walking into so into Central Park it is snowing like yeah. pretty hard and just the lights of everywhere like the lights everywhere it gets dark like so fast and um, and yeah, like most movies like this, I think if they went the more traditional route, it like the character of Buddy would be played like or like by a child. Like the yeah. this story would have been seen through the eyes of a child. And it, yeah. like I said, it's good that they got someone like Will Ferrell who embraces his inner child in his, you know, um, just how he is as a movie star. It works for the movie um, that, you know, that he yes, he's like a 35 year old man, but. Um, he's able to see everything through the eyes of a, of a young elf. Yeah. Um, and it and it makes it more well-rounded as a story. Um, and like you mentioned, even like it being in New York City is like even like a big thing because like everyone in New York City is like, you know, mind your own business, knows the grindstone, don't really interact with much. But like if it was yeah. anywhere else, it probably wouldn't have the same effect. Or, like, yeah. And also, I mean, it gets like the, the idea of like how uh hectic it is like there's yeah. a lot of hustle and like, you get the feeling of the hustle and the bustle you know around yep. and um but like and like i said the fact that it does the with the claymation stuff and um has references to other christmas movies you know knowing that this was going to be a a more modern one uh you know make you know makes you be like oh rudolph oh santa claus is coming to town oh you're without a santa yeah. claus you know all of those and frosty the snowman like all the classics and um and again i can't applaud the movie enough for making it uh for that's that's a big feat to really try and make it. and you want to make an original christmas movie and you want to make it a hit oh like, yeah that's, that's that's a lot to ask for it's pretty tough i, I don't know hold it off and they pulled it off. I think this movie came out at just the right time, too. I don't think that um, if it came out today, it wouldn't have worked. Like, I don't. Oh, think yeah, no, that, absolutely not. I don't know what star from today, like by today's standards from like in 2020. I don't know who would have played Buddy the Elf. I don't know. I if the, it, it probably would have come out on Netflix. It wouldn't have been <laughs> it like like I, I don't think that like this was kind of the last time where you could make an original holiday movie and make it be like taken like people loved like loved this movie it was critically acclaimed and um you know received like overall very positive views like i i feel like the, a movie like this would almost get pushed to the wayside today yeah i'm trying to think like not you mentioned it who would in today's time what actor or actress would still would take that role and do it justice because you know they're going to reboot it eventually yeah, I'm just trying because I don't think. I mean, I think it's kind of a shame that we don't have as many big comedic. I, leading, I really uh, can't think actors of as we used to do. Like, 
most people are just so dominating. Like, I mean, obviously, Dwayne Johnson is a big one and Kevin Hart, but like, they, they've been kind of dominating it. But I don't know who. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I would, I would have to think. Maybe about it, I'm feeling I, either I maybe that, like Will Smith, maybe, maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson, just because like it's still be kind of funny, just because of how muscular he is, like just being like a kid. I just still think be, it would fit. It would Will, be different. Like it would be different. Dwayne Johnson would be different because it would just be like I don't know. Dwayne Johnson can't. I don't know if Dwayne he Johnson did Tooth Fairy that well. He yeah, yeah he did play tooth fairy, the Tooth Fairy, but that's still different. And Jumanji's like that. I mean, maybe Jack Black, if anyone. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just think that like there has to be a certain level. You have to be understand that you are playing a dumb character. Yeah, like dumb in the set. Like I guess naive. Yeah. Very naive very character, naive, yeah. and one who only experienced the world in one specific way. Um, Dwayne Johnson, is, I don't know if he's able to do that. He's a very I like. Know. I think he would be like the like very buff, straight edge kind of elf, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then Jack Black would be a little more crazy. As much as I love Jack Black, I love. Jack. I, I think this would yeah, but maybe um, Will Smith. Um, a little older, but like maybe maybe Heyday Will Smith. Like Men in Black era Will Smith? Yeah, Men in Black era would be good. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, do you have any other uh, final thoughts on Elf before we sign off? Uh, you know, I just want to say, if you guys haven't watched Elf already, please please go <laughs> to your local Blockbuster, Hollywood Video, <laughs> or get yourself a Netflix DVD order and enjoy that. You know, it's also on all of your favorite streaming services such as uh, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, YouTube might have it. I don't know how they are working with streaming right now, but Elf is Elf is the best movie because it's Elf. It's Will Ferrell. It's Will Ferrell bombing the line. And also, on a final, final note, we do notice how they have a child at the end. Now, Brian brought this to my attention. I want to ask you, how... Do you think Buddy the Elf was in bed if he had? Do you think he's as energetic as he is in as the Elf character? Like he's still singing, like, and I'm here, and we're fucking, and it's going in, and I'm gonna have a really quick time, and I'm close, <laughs> I'm edging now, so I'm coming, Daddy. Wait, I'm sorry. Here I come. Guess what? I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Thanks for coming on the show, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Josh. It's always a fucking pleasure. Please tune in to the rest of the episodes all this month. If you haven't already, listen to the other ones. All by the lovely and gracious host himself, Josh. <laughs> Love you. That does it for this episode of Frankly, I Love Movies. Huge thanks to Noah for coming on the show. If you want to check out more of his content, please head over to YouTube to check out his channel, Paragoya Illusions. If you don't know how it's spelled, that's totally fine. We don't either. Frankly, I Love Movies is part of the Orion Valley Productions podcast network where you can check out other podcasts such as Ravnica Avengers, our real play D&D podcast, and you can check out Tea Time with Titans, our Attack on Titan 
Recap Podcast. New episodes of that are out every single Wednesday. If you want more Frankly I Love Movies content, please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Frankly I Love Movies, on Twitter at Frankly Podcast, and you can follow me on Letterboxd for more instant reviews at BigWalls21. And finally, tune in in two weeks to join me and Julia Black discuss our differing opinions on the Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis Christmas film, Christmas with the Cranks. Until then, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Movies.